Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Hey, hey, welcome back. It's Thursday, which means the first hour we're going to have uh, Military Fitness Radio with uh, my co-host, Nate Morrison, in just a moment. And then uh, later in the show, we're going to be joined by Miriam Kalamian to talk about her new book, Kettle for Cancer. A lot of people are probably saying, you know, Carl, haven't we talked about this already? Yeah, we have, but we can't talk about it enough. I got to be honest with you, because there's still a lot of people out there who just don't get it. Um. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. The second half of the show will be Facebook Live, by the way. For those of you who uh, are on Facebook and want to join us, Facebook Live, and we'll even take questions from Miriam at that point in time, we're going to switch just from uh, the audio-only podcast over to Audio Plus Facebook Live uh, so you can interact with us. Uh, But without further delay, let's bring uh, Nate Morrison. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing great, Carl. How are you? I'm uh, dancing as fast as I can, Nate. Nate, I spent <laughs> I spent five days off the grid, no cell service, no cable TV, uh, no uh, uh, internet of any type, um, no yeah. text messages. It, it took me a while to adjust, like not to look for my phone. It's really weird. It freaks you out for a couple of days, doesn't it? And actually, my buddy Joey lives... Uh, uh, just a, a, a little bit southeast of Albany, um, yeah, about an hour and a half away from the beginning of the the Adirondacks, and mm-hmm. um, he lives on a 120 acre farm. And he spends he, he retired from the sanitation department in New York, spends all his time up on the farm now, and yeah. uh, and and I just couldn't do it. I, I would I would feel buried alive. I really would. I, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I got to tell you. So I need I need so a little I need stress in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, a certain amount of stress is good, and, and, and we adapt to it, right? We, we get very, very used to the stresses that we allow in our lives. And uh, any time that we're forced to make an adjustment, it's, it's kind of a, a painful and distressful kind of event. Yeah, yeah, definitely some adjustment. So today we've got a really important show, and this actually is a continuation of uh, discussions we've had on the show about cardio, uh, trying to redefine yeah. cardio. So today's show... Is called Killing Cardio. I thought I was going to be uh, interviewing Bill O'Reilly, actually, today, with, <laughs> a, with his Killing Kennedy and Killing This and Killing That series. Yeah. just want to promote two websites real quick. For those of you tuning in who are involved in the armed forces, uh, you can reach out to uh, Nate at militarymultisport.com, where you can actually get online training. Uh, and then, of course, American Defense, and that's defense with the C-E at the end, dot U-S. So... Um, blow cardio out of the water. Talk to me. Okay. Well, I always wondered, going back 20, 25 years, I always wondered, what the heck is it with this cardio thing? Because the thing that we always heard was, got to do your cardio, man. Don't forget your cardio. You got to do that cardio. And I always sat there and I wondered, okay, so I, I lift weights, and then I, then I got to go get on a machine and be like a gerbil. And I always, I just wondered why do i need to go be a gerbil what the heck is is going on what is that exactly and 
you know, I started to have these questions way back when I was first getting into um, into medicine. So I was very familiar with things like cardiovascular and all things cardiovascular, of course. And and so this is one of the things that's interesting. See, there's no crosstalk, as you know, and you've pointed out on the show many times. There's no crosstalk between medicine and fitness. Yeah. And and I don't know if you want to call it the fitness industry or or the physical training thing, or physical culture, but they don't talk. They don't talk really at all. And um, the interesting thing is that this cardio myth came from uh, the medical world's attempt at talking to the physical culture world. Mm-hmm. And um, so at any rate, I, I'm sitting there looking at this, and um, there was always something wrong. There's always something off, and I couldn't put a finger on it. And so I did some investigating, and I learned that, okay, well, that's, it, it stands for cardiovascular, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, gosh, I mean, anything that you do exercise-wise... Right, is, affects your heart, right, right. Yeah, right. So what is it about this? Now, I, I kind of forgot about it for a lot of years, and then I came back to it because it was really starting to bother me, and I was starting to really see it happen where uh, guys were complaining, saying, well, oh, man, I do a lot of cardio, but I just, my runtime sucks or my, my ruck march time sucks, or my swim time sucks. I do lots of cardio, and I don't know. And, and so I really started to look into it, and I found that there's a whole bunch of myths out there that, uh, uh, you know, around uh, cardio. First of all, they stopped calling it cardiovascular exercise, and they started just calling it cardio. And then what happened was we got kind of, uh, I don't know, four or five big things that were listed as benefits of cardio. So if you ask people, uh, why do we do cardio? Why do you need to do cardio? Um, the first thing that everyone says, and I did a whole bunch of internet searches just to see what the, the general consensus across the fitness industry was, and the first thing that you always find is that they say, it gets your heart rate up. Well, hell, giant well, sets and supersets will get your heart rate up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they don't make any distinction between that or, or cardio, right? You, it's just sort of implied that, well, maybe we want to get your heart rate up and not have it come down. But they don't really get into it like that. They just say, it gets your heart rate up. And, and like you said, I mean, hell, staring at a pretty girl gets my heart rate up. So, I, you know, I mean, that's not cardio. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, Mel Sif, uh, Dr. Mel Sif, the, the late great sports scientist, used to rail against these types of things. And he would say, well, God, you know, when you look at uh, the average NASCAR driver, he said, you know, those guys, their heart rates at 180 yeah. beats a minute, right. you know, for the whole race. And he goes, are we to consider that cardio? You know, um, I think that was in um, uh, Fitness Myths and Misconceptions in his book. Um, and just he, he had some really great points to include sexual activity, what your heart rate was there. You Hell know, yeah. So in fact, in fact, in fact <laughs> your, your heart rate is affected so greatly by sex that yeah. if you have a heart condition, you're not prescribed a PDE5 inhibitor because they're afraid you'll kill yourself having sex. Right. Absolutely. So his, his points were really valid. It's where I learned a lot about cardio, so to speak, because you have to define it. Like everything else in, in fitness, you need to define it. You need to specify it. And uh, so he railed against that. 
the next thing that, that, and this is the most prevalent, this is the biggest reason why, and you'll see this all the time in the fitness industry, that there's no way you're going to get cut if you skip your cardio. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, what you always see in the articles that, are, that pervade the industry is it says, quote-unquote, burn off extra calories. Yeah. Well, how about, how about well, just eating less? Right. Right. Exactly. So this, that's always actually been my problem with this whole you know, I'm bulking. No, you're eating like a fat ass. That's what you're doing. <laughs> you know, okay. Ice cream is not. You know, I'm bulking. You know, I, I'm brought. I'm always. I always go back to uh, Cartman in South Park where he gets the weight gainer five thousand. And you know, he, he he claims that he's bulking while he's just putting on massive amounts of fat. Um, so, and I think you've covered it on the show, and and a lot of other folks have, have put out there that this whole bulking thing is ridiculous. Um, but so burning off extra calories, well, don't take in the extra calories. And oh, by the way, anything that you do above your baseline is going to burn off extra calories. So and what, and what, what, and, what is, and what is extra calories? People don't even know what their REE is and then what yeah. their energy expenditure throughout the day is. So, yep. so they may think they're burning off extra calories when in fact that they're not. Right, right, Absolutely. And, and here's the other kind of insidious thing about this, and it's one of the it's one of the things that's leveled against. Um, uh, uh, oh boy, this is a whole big subject too. But anyway, one of the things that's leveled against running is they say, well, running burns more calories while you're running, but you don't have that. You know, you don't have an elevated, elevated metabolism right, after right, the fact, right? right? That's and that, and, that, and that's not necessarily stuff. true. I think that if you run for right. an hour. Probably an hour and a half to two hours later, your heart's still beating faster, and your energy expenditure is elevated at that point in time, recovering from oxygen uh, consumption. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and if you use, for example, any of a, for example, like Garmin heart rate monitors, they'll tell you what your recovery time is. And so, you know, uh, it'll tell you. For example, I did a uh, an event the other day, and it said your recovery time is five hours. Well, if I'm recovering over the next five hours. You better believe I have a, an elevated metabolic rate, and what happens to my appetite during those five hours will tell you I have an elevated metabolism. So yeah, because you're starving, um, you're starving, right? Because you want to eat everything right. in sight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So they they do that, and then right next to that comes increased metabolism. Well, yeah. Once again, any activity you do that's above and beyond sitting on the couch will elevate your metabolism, especially if you do it consistently. So, um, you know, I, we're just, all, all we're doing is just adding the amount of activity that you do inside the gym, which I just equate to, again, being a gerbil on a wheel. I mean, it's just go out and walk, for God's sakes, but we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> right. The, the, next, the next thing that you always hear is they say improved hormonal profile, and that's linked with mood and all that. Again, anything you do that takes you away from being sedentary will do this. See, and what, what, what you're illustrating here is, uh-huh. is is against the canvas, against the backdrop of a sick population that doesn't yes. move all day. You know, these things are not necessarily bad for people uh-huh. who don't move. But the reality is right. that you're living your life as an active homo sapien. You, uh-huh. You're doing all this already. You, you, you don't need to do more of it. Right, right. That's, that's definitely one of the points. And, and to your point, I mean, it is great that if you're sedentary in a fit population, by all means, do this. 
Absolutely. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be active, but what I'm pointing out is that it, it's not, it, the narrative is false. It, it doesn't mean that uh, what you're doing is necessarily wrong. It's just that it's better if we understand the reasons that we're doing this, and it understand, it's better if we understand the truth of what we're doing. So that's what okay. That's so what, let, let, let's talk to the bodybuilding community. The bodybuilding community believes a cardio will stall their gains, uh, or or rob or rob them of strength. Right, false on both counts. And and here and now. and and, and, I'll, and I'll say something. Even yeah. if it's not false, let's mm-hmm. say cardio does rob you of a couple millimeters of muscle a month, or cardio does in fact steal your one rep max uh, from occurring uh, in two weeks instead of it happens in a month. If you're not doing that kind of slow, steady activity that gets your Mm -hmm. heart rate into that zone of of, um, eccentric hypertrophy, opening the heart up and moving volume, you're robbing yourself of health and longevity. Forget about your muscle gains and your strength. That's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, and, and you know, it, it, it's so interesting to me because what we get is guys that are mostly sedentary and the only activity they do is in the gym. And, and then when they do, you know, so for example, all they do is lift weights they, and they do very little quote unquote cardio. And so if you start to throw, um, another form of exercise at it, yes, the, well, and especially they, they really rail on the amount of time that you spend doing it. So they'll say, oh, you only do 20 minutes or no more than 30 minutes or something like that. But see, form follows function. And so, uh, and I should say to a certain degree, to a certain point. But if you are, if the majority of what you do physically every day is just lifting weights, then anything that you do that gravitates towards endurance is definitely going to affect you for a while until you effectively build the base that you are supposed to have as a human being. Good point. As a, right? Then, once you've established that base, you can have, oh, so much more than you I ever saw. I saw this phenomenon when I was in Phoenix in 2008, and the judge ordered me to give my ex-wife my only car. I had to walk everywhere in Phoenix. So I had to walk yep. to and from the gym every morning. Yeah. The first couple of weeks of walking to the gym and walking home affected mm-hmm. my workouts. I, I definitely wasn't as strong. But after about yeah. two weeks, I found that I was actually getting stronger and, and still walking. Uh, I was walking a half hour each way in the sun. I would take my shirt yeah. off and let it bake me. But you're so right because the body – recognizes this new stress and mm-hmm. it would prefer not to do it. Let's be honest. It doesn't want because <laughs> your body right. from an evolutionary perspective goes, oh now I've got to find more calories. I'm gonna to have to hunt and fish more. But we have uh-huh. refrigerators. But once your body goes, oh this guy is determined or this girl is is determined to do this, then the body steps up. Yeah, yeah. Well and I've got two great examples from the professional sporting world that, that I can throw at you from two different ends of the spectrum. The first one is LeBron James. Now, LeBron James was doing okay. He wasn't doing great. And he decided on a whim, this wasn't intentional from what I understand, <clears throat> he, he decided he was going to start riding his bicycle to practice every day. 
And so he started riding his bike to practice. Well, lo and behold, in very short order, he became the MVP. And people said, my God, what is he doing? Well, the only thing he had changed was he was riding his bicycle to and from work. He was getting extra aerobic activity. And that made all the difference on the court because he had the endurance that he needed for that. Now, that's on one end of the spectrum. A lot of people may not remember the fact that Tom Platts used to ride his bike 30 to 50 miles one way to the gym and then back, even on leg day. Tom Platts. And he swore that that was one of the secrets to his success, was developing the legs in that manner and using that, uh, that aerobic activity. And, and it, interestingly, interestingly, a lot of people don't know this, but Dave Palumbo, who had freakishly huge legs, came from long distance running in high school and in college. He was a long distance. Yeah. He would do those uh, cross country run, you know, cross country that the kids, uh-huh. they run. That's where Dave came from. And then yeah. when he started training legs with squats and leg presses, his legs exploded. So th- that's, that's yeah. another example uh, uh, of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone that, that has a history of endurance with, uh, you know, with legs, it's really easy for them to pack it on. It, it comes fast. It comes hard. Um, and when it develops, it's not the big puffy, squishy stuff. It's rock hard. Right. And it's functional, you know? So, 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 so we, we actually have to take a break, right? Uh-huh. But what would be interesting to discuss when we come back is when did it occur that we needed cardio? When did it occur yeah. that humans became so down-regulated in ambulatory skills that, that now it had to become a focus of a type of exercise to make up for it? So let's yeah, do that. Let's do that point. when we come back. Yeah. Right. We're talking with Nate Morrison. This is Military Fitness Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. How to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. Anabolicminds.com is the premier website for credible information on building muscle, burning fat, supplementation, and more. With over 100,000 active registered members and over 2.5 million posts, it's one of the largest communities on the internet to get help and answers to your questions. It's also the place that the official super Human Radio Forum is hosted. Visit AnabolicMinds.com today and get into the action. AnabolicMinds.com. Learn. Teach. Lead. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. 
That's why I both use and endorse Cansi Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansi Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. You've heard about turmeric and you probably use it. It's one of the most talked about health foods in America. Pure Indian Foods sources certified organic turmeric from small farmers in India. This limited edition turmeric is standardized to contain high, naturally occurring curcumin, which is the good stuff you want. It's also lab tested for heavy metals, which you want less of in your food. Psst, don't tell too many people about it. It's limited edition. Get yours today. Go to highcurcumenturmeric.com today to learn more. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. 4.6 million years of evolution gave us the blueprint for the perfect protein supplement for humans. So why do all protein supplement manufacturers ignore it? We don't. The first human-appropriate protein supplement is Thrive Advanced. Built around the blueprint of mother's milk, Thrive Advance contains the amino acids, peptides, micronutrients, enzymes, probiotics, and vitamins that support protein absorption and assimilation. All of our dairy proteins come from happy cows on pastures here in the United States and are low-heat pasteurized. You'll never find any artificial sweeteners, additives, or ingredients. You won't even find thickeners or gums in Thrive Advanced. And we back up our label claims with post-production lab analysis that's available right on our website. Visit superhumanradio.com and click the Thrive Advanced banner ad and use code SHR and save 50% off your entire order today. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. We're talking with Nate Morrison. He is uh, the brains behind Military Fitness Radio. This radio show is really designed for people who are in the military, on the front lines, as Nate likes to call them, the trigger pullers. But the reality mm-hmm. is that everybody can gain from this show. When, when did we become so slothful that it became required cardio, it became required that we count how many steps we take every single day? Well, I, I look to the period of the, uh, the mid to late 1960s, and, you know, there was a lot that was going on at that time. The military, for example, um, and, and I, use, I use this information just because it's reflective of the society, uh, the military was going through a lot of uh, machinations, if you will, because people were getting fatter. Um, it was during that time that the military finally instituted a mandatory PT test, and mandatory uh, body fat, uh, because prior to that, 
Um, you know, you could, you know, they didn't really care if you were big and obese, as long as you could perform, they really didn't care. Uh, but it started to become a, a, a really big health problem. It was also a problem in recruiting women because so many women were out of shape and overweight. And, um, you know, so it was around 1968 that a lot of this started to, to come into play. In the physical training world or physical culture, this was also, uh, 68 was when Dr. Kenneth Cooper uh, released his book called uh, Aerobics. And um, that'll have to be a whole nother show because he really screwed the pooch on that one. Um, he, he was wrong about so many things. Um, but this is, this is when the big push started to happen was around 1968 or in that general area. And doctors looked at the data and they appropriately determined that, Hey, you know what you, what people really need is aerobic exercise. And they called it cardiovascular exercise because that was easier to understand. And they said, listen, you know, we, we'd like you to have at least 20 minutes a day of this, preferably more. Um, but if you could get that at least three times a week, that would be preferable to what's going on now. Because, of course, by this point, television is taking over everyone's lives, um, technology, no one's walking or riding a bike anywhere. Um, and so it's becoming a, a, a big issue. Um, this is when the jogging craze then hit because, it, it, you know, it all kind of culminated at the same moment in time. Um, and, and unfortunately, they, you know, the, the, the budding fitness world, and I, I don't know whether or not to blame Joe and Ben Weeder for this or not, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it, because, you know, at the time, gosh, you know, I don't think I can blame them because, you know, treadmills and elliptical machines and stuff didn't really exist at the time. Um, that was a very rare thing. But certainly the fitness industry that grew out of what they did um, wanted to keep you in the gym. And so it was, no, 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 don't be a jogger guy. Do this. Use this treadmill. Get on this rowing machine. Get on this bicycle, or, you know, this indoor bike. Um, all of these types of things. And, they, and it's fascinating to me because they glossed over the fact that guys like Arnold ran and swam and biked all the time. Well, look, you're talking about Tom Platts riding his bike back and forth. Yeah. They actually they just ignored that. Right. All to sell gym memberships. Keep you in the gym. It's like what Facebook does now, right? They don't want you leaving the platform. Don't leave Facebook. Do it all inside Facebook. So it's the same thing with the gyms. So I guess really the blame lies in the gyms. Yeah, the commercial, the, said, the, 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 yeah, the inception of the commercial gym. That's what it is. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Because yeah. prior to that, you go outside and you'd walk in the park, walk your dog. But And, you know, I remember before it was called cardio, it was called conditioning. Right. People would say they call it conditioning work, right? Welcome to do conditioning. That's and, right. And boxers did road work for conditioning. Right. They basically ran, yes. you know, slow. Yeah. And it was a slow jog. Um, yeah. So in reality, I guess to differentiate what cardio actually is, right? Cardio uh -huh. is different than weightlifting because they use two totally different energy systems, right? One is the anaerobic right. and one is the aerobic uh, uh, system, right? right? Yep. Yep. So, so, so why is so why is it important? You know, uh, what what specifically would you categorize as aerobic exercise? Because there are times where I do giant sets uh -huh. uh, with some very very heavy weight, and I just started doing these again. 
and my heart rate yeah. gets up to 180, and I'm huffing and puffing. Is that really mm-hmm. anaerobic, or is that not aerobic? Well, so that's a great, great question. We, we have to revisit the fact that we are always running three different engines all at the same time. We've got kind of the little, uh, the, the little high-efficiency engine. Um, then we've got uh, kind of a uh, – actually, it's in, an incredibly inefficient engine, but it can go for a good long while. And then we've got the third engine that's kind of like a firecracker, and that's the anaerobic. So what's interesting is that you're always running all three of these engines, which is three separate energy systems. And as you do that, what, what, um, you're always going to have a dominant energy system. You're always running all three, but you'll have one that becomes dominant. And there's only a few activities, like, uh, for example, um, uh, cross-country skiing and um, freestyle swimming are very, very close to an equal split, depending on the distance, uh, an equal split between the three. It's very, very rare. Um, otherwise, certain activities will have a dominant energy system. And where it gets a little more complicated is we can say that weightlifting is um, anaerobic, but what we fail to take into consideration is the larger picture. And so if I'm doing curls, each rep that I do is anaerobic, but the set is a little more glycolytic, mm. which is the middle one, right? Because the motion, the muscles use, you know, creatine phosphate uh, and, and whatnot to create that motion. It only took a second or two to do it. So, you know, inside of, you know, one, you know, anywhere from a half a second to, you know, four seconds, you're purely, an- not, I can't say purely anaerobic, but you're, you're heavily, heavily, heavily predominantly anaerobic. The longer that set goes on, the more glycolytic you become. And you can do that glycolytic thing for up to 45 minutes. In fact, you could do it a little bit longer. The problem is, <clears throat> boy, is that hard on your body because it burns a lot of fuel. It's really inefficient. There's a lot of waste product, and it wipes you the hell out. Um, you need a lot of recovery time from that. So, so I want to uh, I want to read uh, I want to read your explanation of aerobic exercise verbatim because it's really interesting. Yeah. Because you're the first person to point out lactate thresholds as indicative mm-hmm. of switching from aerobic to anaerobic. Right? Any activity, yeah. especially locomotive in nature, locomotive means a gentle repetition that is not so taxing that you're going to run out. So, like walking, like you pointed out those these, these People who walk for 10 miles. Okay. Yeah. Any activity, especially locomotive in nature, where the intensity is low enough that the heart rate remains in an aerobic training zone, specifically below the lactate threshold, onset of blood blood lactate levels of four millimoles per liter. So as long as you're under that four millimoles per liter of blood lactate, you are still in the aerobic zone, correct? Yes, that's correct. So, so reality is, we're not talking about localized lactate. We're not talking about muscles burning. We're talking mm-hmm. about the contribution to overall blood lactate levels from the entire right. body. If they are staying Systemic. at four millimoles or lower, you you are technically in the aerobic zone. Right. Right. Now, now, can, and, and is there just, a way to do without having blood monitoring hooked up to you? 
Can we can we devise it? Well, chances are the average person who's healthy, because people who aren't healthy, they'll go into lactic uh, acidosis quickly. They, they they actually build up blood lactate just standing out of a chair. But the healthy yeah. person, where's the? How do we know if we're in that zone? Is it 120 beats per minute? Or what is it? Well, you you've you've given away some of the answers. The way that you tell is your heart rate. This is why heart rate training is so important and it's so damn effective. Um, it, it, so here's and so let's let's jump into why it is that that this is um, one of the one of the things that we have to dispel one of the myths that we have to dispel and, and thank you for bringing this up um, gives me a chance to ramble for a minute we have to understand why do we breathe <laughs> and a lot of people think that well I breathe because my muscles need oxygen and so I inhale and I bring oxygen to the cells. And while that does happen, and while that is an absolutely critical element of life itself, that's not why we breathe. We breathe in response to the amount of carbon dioxide and hydrogen in our blood. So people don't understand, when you say acidosis, or when you talk about lactic acid, what you're really talking about, anytime you say acid or refer to acidosis, that is an increase in hydrogen ions in the blood. That is pH, which stands for partial pressure of hydrogen. So when that, uh, when that blood that has a high level of hydrogen in it hits chemical receptors in the blood, especially in the heart and the lungs, a couple of things happen. Two of those things are that the heart rate accelerates because we need to get as much of this ox, uh, uh, this hydrogen uh, hydrogen rich blood into the lungs, and the lungs increase their respiratory rates because they need to blow off all of that hydrogen and get rid of it. That is the stimulus for breathing. That's why we breathe, and that's why breathing and heart rate are so linked to the energy systems and to, as I said, the magic number of four millimoles uh, per liter, when you get to four millimoles, there's an energy system shift and uh, you know, where, you're, where you become more glycolytically dominant and you are now in a, a, you're at a level of intensity where I can't blow that off fast enough. That's one of the big things about being aerobic versus being glycolytic or, or lactate dominant is that when you're operating at a higher intensity, where I'm at four, four to six millimoles, um, I'm accumulating faster than I can blow it off. So no matter what I do, I'm accumulating and accumulating and accumulating. And that's one of the reasons why there are definite limits on someone's ability to operate glycolytically because you're now in a permanent high acid environment that's going to take more than a couple of minutes to blow it all off and get rid of it. So how does um, so how does so how does that play into the new the new uh, high intensity interval training cardio craze that everybody thinks is so much oh I don't have to do 45 minutes of steady state low intensity cardio anymore. I can do it in 10 minutes if I blast off for for 20 seconds and then walk for a minute and a half. <laughs> Right, so so what they're really doing is they're at the end of the day when you when you look at your averages, what all they're doing is they're doing glycolytic training. They're they're just doing what what amounts to intervals, 
um, in, in the lactate or glycolytic uh, energy system. Um, and the problem with that is that, um, you know, for me as a running coach and a swimming coach and a multi-sport coach, I can use things like intervals, which is, um, you know, uh, intervals, it's glycolytic training, it's lactate training. I can use that to improve your performance when you really need it in a race because you've got to kind of build a tolerance to that. You know, there's, there's pain. There's, there's some suffering that goes on in that zone. Um, but then I can also use it to bump your anaerobic and your aerobic capacity just a little bit. But that takes a lot of, of experience and understanding of what's going on, and it takes a lot of data to understand how to do that. Well, what everyone did was they jumped on these studies. They jumped on a couple things. Number one, they jumped on this whole Tabata thing, and yeah. I'll hit that in just a second. Right. And the other thing is, is they jumped on these, these studies that said, oh, well, I can increase your aerobic capacity more if I do this high-intensity uh, interval stuff. And then <laughs> you got to love the fitness industry. So they take studies out of running, and they try to apply it to, to resistance training, which is a very dangerous thing, because if you're not using kettlebells, you have no, absolutely no business going near the glycolytic zone. You stay either aerobic or anaerobic. Don't go into glycolytic because that's injury waiting to happen. Um, and and so then they and they try to apply it to that, and then they call it that too, right? High intensity interval training or high intensity training. The, those two things are very very different. Um, and, and, I guess allow, I, I, would beg, I would beg permission to deviate just one more time. I won't forget to come back to this. But the difference between high-intensity training, that was a Russian weightlifting invention. And that, it was called high-intensity training because it used uh, uh, loads that were more than 70% of one rep max um, and preferably more than 80% of one rep max. And the idea was to build volume using that. So, you know, doing things like, um, you know, 10 sets of five is a great example of high intensity yeah. training, yeah. Yeah. which bears no resemblance to CrossFit, right. which they say is high intensity training. Then people say, well, I, you know, we're doing HIIT, high intensity interval training. Well, that's for runners and sprinters. But then CrossFit grabs it, says, no, this is hit training, high intensity. It's like, no, it isn't, which is where a lot of this confusion comes in. Um, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to do glycolytic track work in the gym with barbells, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And the injury rates, you know, prove Go that as the well. Roof. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, um, but yeah, they're I'm not sorry. doing, but, oh, sorry, one more, if, if I may, Carl, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, just the la I wanted to close the door on that. Um, the The issue with that is that, a talented track and field coach or swimming coach can bump the aerobic and the anaerobic systems up a little bit at a very rapid rate over two weeks using glycolytic training on the track or in the pool. However, past a couple of weeks, it actually decreases exponentially the size of both the uh, anaerobic capacity and the aerobic capacity. And what you end up with, is a guy who can do anything for 20 minutes okay, and then he's done. Right. He's got no endurance. He needs three days to recover. 
Okay. So I want to take uh, our last commercial break for this segment. When I come back, I want to talk about the cardio uh, aerobic locomotion disconnect and why people, why yeah. it's even important that people do. You know, I want to, I want to address uh, eccentric and concentric hypertrophy of the heart because this, at the end of the day, is really where the the rubber meets the road for what we oh, call yeah. cardio. Stay tuned, we'll right back. Dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and Click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrontil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why Atrontil works while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found Atrontil relieve their symptoms and it's available without a prescription because is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts it's not a probiotic plus it's natural vegan gluten-free and non-gmo Atrontil. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. If you followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenics Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenics Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kigenics Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kigenics banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kigenics Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. 4.6 million years of evolution gave us the blueprint for the perfect protein supplement for humans. So why do all protein supplement manufacturers ignore it? We don't. The first human-appropriate protein supplement is Thrive Advanced. Built around the blueprint of mother's milk, Thrive Advanced contains the amino acids, peptides, micronutrients, enzymes, probiotics, and vitamins that support protein absorption and assimilation. All of our dairy proteins come from happy cows on pastures here in the United States and are low-heat pasteurized. You'll never find any artificial sweeteners, additives, or ingredients. You won't even find thickeners or gums in Thrive Advanced. And we back up our label claims with post-production lab analysis that's available right on our website. 
Visit superhumanradio.com and click the Thrive Advanced banner ad and use code SHR and save 50% off your entire order today. U.S. Wellness Meats is the leader in home-delivered, high-quality animal protein. Grass-fed beef, lamb, bison, and dairy. Plus, wild-caught seafood, heritage pork, and free-range poultry. Everything delivered right to your door within days of your order. There is no one better to supply you and your family with the highest quality, Pastured meat product and dairy than U.S. Wellness Meats. Save 15% off when you use the coupon code SHR. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the U.S. Wellness Meats banner ad today. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. Texting with uh, Coach Charles Staley. And he's been uh, talking to me about some of my challenges in the gym. And I just texted him the x-ray of my left foot that I've been living with since August. I'm sorry, April of 2016. And so whenever I hear people tell me about pushing through the pain, I tell them, you have no effing idea what it means to push through the pain. I have two dislocated toes and a busted big toe. Uh, that gives me pain every second of the day, and I squat and deadlift and leg press with that foot. And so um, no, nobody understands chronic pain the way I do right now. I've become very intimately involved with it. So let's talk about uh, the uh, cardio aerobic locomotion disconnect and why it's even important. Yeah, absolutely, Carl. Um, real quick, though, I'd like to address your foot just for a second. I've, I've got a point about pain I'd like to make. Please. Okay. Uh, when I was a, a wee lad and sitting there in the pararescue medical course, one of the uh, lead instructors came in, and he had, a, he had a really great way of making a lot of points. And um, he told us something about pain that has stuck with me forever um, because, number one, it's true. It's absolutely physiologically true. You have to remember that in all cases, Pain equals tissue destruction. And I'll say that again. Pain equals tissue destruction. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. And we don't, we, don't, we don't want to be causing tissue destruction. We want to be strengthening the body, not destroying it. And so for all of those people, because they, it's in the military world as well, all of that, you know, train through the pain, no pain, no gain. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot if you're training through pain. Well, my my, my, my pain, issue is I, I'm getting surgery first quarter of next year. I didn't want to get surgery yeah. this year because of the uh, way it affects my deductible uh, on uh-huh. my health insurance. Um, yeah. But I, so I've had to make a choice. Do I not train and, and become out of shape completely and let everything fall apart? Or do I find ways to train uh, and and not let the pain slow me down, and and that's what I've had to do. I mean, I've had to find ways around yeah. it. I mean, I'm wearing I'm wearing orthotics now. Uh, to really, I only need it for my left foot, but I'm wearing orthotics now because it deloads uh, the area of pressure where the bones are literally trying to pop out of the bottom of my foot. Right. Right. So, but yeah, you know, it, 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 it is on, what it better. is. It'll be over next year. Uh, I, yeah. I understand what it feels like to live with chronic pain. I am definitely causing tissue damage in the foot, but I see a foot doctor and she keeps putting me back together and 
she knows what I'm up against. But anyway, That's I don't want to I don't want to yeah. run out of time here because this is yeah, the important yeah. part of the message here. Why it's even important to do this slow, steady state and not necessarily be doing hit and all these other uh, bizarre methods of of what people consider advanced aerobics today. Yeah, so there's a bunch to unpack here. Um, the first thing is that when it when it comes to all that we do physically, think of it as a pyramid, and you, and your energy systems are, are stacked from bottom to top: aerobic, glycolytic, and anaerobic. And uh, if you think about the way that uh, geometry works, if you have a a, uh, a pyramid, then the wider the base, the higher the top can be. Okay, and so of course this is uh, analogous to um, if you've got a great aerobic base, then you can have phenomenal anaerobic performance. And if you think about this, and you look at it, uh, if you look at this in uh, you know in athletes and in, in all of your world class performers, that's what they've got. You know, that's that's how they're able to do the things that they're able to do in the Olympics. So you know, they say you have to mimic success, and that you know that's what these guys are doing. And so maybe we should take a a cue from these guys. Um, the next thing is that doing quote unquote cardio activity in anything that's not locomotive, I think is probably one of the dumbest things you could do. Uh, the reason is, is that, uh, I, I alluded to this earlier. You're not, you're not training yourself to do anything except you're just training your heart or you're training to use that machine, which of course you're never going to use that machine. Even a treadmill for runners is a very stupid idea because treadmills don't have the, uh, the push phase of, of the gait cycle um, unless you want to spend somewhere around $10,000 for uh, some very high-end treadmills that, that are designed to do that. Um, they're really, really expensive, and, and you know, it looks like they're bringing a bulldozer into your house. Um, so you know, the, the bottom line is that you're, you're spending time training an activity that might help your heart if you do it right, but doesn't help you do anything else. So, for example, you could train perfectly and wonderfully on, let's say, an elliptical machine or, or something in the gym. And then you go out and you have to do a two-mile run, and you're just you're, you're a bag of hammers. You can't do it. Um, the reason why is that you haven't trained your legs to do that. Well, you should have been training your legs. And so all cardio activity should be actually labeled aerobic or locomotion, and it should be something that you're actually going to do. So walk, run, swim, bike, not, not bike in the gym, bike outdoors. Uh, the difference is fairly profound. Um, that way, you're conditioning your ability to, to perform locomotion, walk, run, swim, bike, etc., in something functional that you can use. And it's going to help with things like your leg work that you're going to do each week. Um, it's it's going to help with everything. I mean, we are endurance animals first. It's why we've made it this far in history. If it wasn't for endurance, we would have been killed out by the tigers a long time ago. Um, so that's, that's the change that I would make. And that's the disconnect is that everyone's, you know, to sell gym memberships, They've separated actual walking, running, biking, swimming from the cardio piece and then perverted the cardio piece into not doing cardiovascular exercise anymore, but doing lactate and glycolytic work. Because, of course, that's, that's what they always say, right? Oh, they go, this is an advanced cardio workout. 
It just means that it's harder. It's higher intensity. It gets your heart rate pumping more, which is actually the exact opposite of why you need to do cardio in the first place because it starts uh, working against your anaerobic and aerobic capacity. You know, so it, the whole darn thing is dysfunctional. We need to restore the aerobic locomotion back into cardio. I don't know if we got to change the name, but that's what we got to do. So, um, as you know, I've asked to work with you, and you have agreed to help me. And yes, sir. I, I, so, so two questions. As long as we're on the air, I'm going to go ahead and and ask this. Yeah. So, uh, I can't walk because of my mm-hmm. foot. Um, yep. I can do elliptical work, and I absolutely can do bicycle work. Uh-huh. So is this going to be effective? And also, can I use a Fitbit for my heart rate monitor? Uh, if you I have a you Fitbit? could use a Fitbit. Okay, I could. Yeah. And, and, that, um, and that won't detract from the accuracy of working with you? No, no, it, it, it won't. Um, I mean, I, I have other preferences, and some of Fitbit's new stuff is much better than the old stuff. Um, I'll, I'm actually going to be doing a, an article here shortly that's about um, uh, devices, watches, uh, heart rate monitors, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have my, my uh, basically my top-of-the-line picks and my budget picks uh, for, for what guys can use. But in general, the Fitbit can be used. Yeah, that's, that's not really a problem. And, and the other thing that I want to point out is that if you have someone, if you're a coach like myself, and you have someone that, for example, can't walk, then obviously we've got to do something else. Obviously they need to use a machine. Um, but for the healthy population, you know, that's ridiculous. Our goal with you is to get you, you know, to keep you fit, do everything that we can so that when you transition post-surgery back into something like walking, you can do it with the least amount of detriment possible. So. Yeah, because after the surgery, I literally can't put my foot on the ground for six weeks. I'm going to have to be on crutches for six weeks. Uh, yep. the, the, the surgery on my foot is as, as bad as it could possibly be for foot surgery. I have two dislocated toes, the second toe and the third toe, and then I have the big toe has literally moved away from the foot, so they have to screw it and fuse mm-hmm. the first joint all the way in the foot, not at the toe, uh, to get mm-hmm. it back in there. And then I have to stay off the foot for six weeks, so I'm, I know I'm going to have... Now, the doctor, I told him, I said, you know, he said I can do leg extensions and leg curls. I can't put my foot down. So I know I'm going to mm-hmm. have a lot of atrophy in the, in the left calf uh, that I can build back up. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, I can bike. And in fact, I have a bike in the garage that I've been threatening to take off the wall, fill the tires up and start riding. And I think I'm going to start doing that, riding it around the neighborhood in the morning and getting myself ready to start riding it to and from work and to and from the gym. I think that would do me. But elliptical work is going to be fine for what I'm working with you, right? I can use the elliptical machine. Well, I, I caution you on the elliptical, the the elliptical specifically it's very, very bad on the hips and knees. I was going to say, it puts you um, in a groove. If you if you uh, don't fit that machine well, it, it actually puts you in a groove that could be detrimental, right? Right, right. I would just stick with the bike, and I'd get in the pool, start swimming. Yeah, I can't swim. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, really, I, can't, I used to be able to swim when I was a kid. It's the mm-hmm. weirdest thing. I just can't swim anymore. I don't know what it is. Right. I, I have to learn again. I, that's all I can say. 
there's other options. I mean, the, the, you know, you can use something like, you know, like the concept Two rower is actually one of the machines out there. Oh, I, I can row. Do. I can row. So that's yeah. okay. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when using the combination of heart rate and wattage, oh yeah, the, that can be very good. Um, and I actually do like Airdyne bikes. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. Of I those. love that bike. In fact, I want to trade in my bike at home and get an Airdyne. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I, I would love I to get. Go. Yeah, absolutely. So of course, with your foot, you know, it, we're not going to do any Versa climber work, but uh, that's that's one of the other very few machines that I'll actually endorse, and that's the number one machine that I'll endorse. But okay, so let's sum a couple things up here. For those people who are worried that this is going to impair their gains, whether that be strength or hypertrophy, what do you say to them? Bollocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's bunk. It's it's not going to happen. Um, what I, I think you said it best, where you're going to notice that when you start to do it, a whole bunch of things go kind of haywire in your body for a couple of weeks, and then after that, everything gets better. And it gets significantly better. And the more that you do it, the better it gets. Um, and actually, you know, honestly, what tends to happen with guys when, when, you, uh, when, you, when you bring them over the correct way, they usually abandon a lot of the, the gym obsession because they get the endurance bug. and It hits them hard, and they want to get into running and, and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, if you're dedicated to it, uh, to, to the lifting bit, you know, you're going to have – you know, honestly, this is, I guess, maybe a good point to sum up for for the regular listeners of Superhuman Radio that are maybe a little bit more concerned with building muscle and looking great. Um, what I'm talking about is true cardio, true aerobic uh, exercise. And it's the big, big secret to those bodies that look amazing. Because it's not just, it's not as simple as just, well, we're burning extra calories or any of that silliness. It's that when you build that aerobic system, you can do so much more work. And when you can do more work, you can lift more weights and you can, you know, you, you know, you can entertain things like density training without a whole lot of, uh, impact on your, on your body. And when you can do that and when it enables you to train harder for longer and, you know, honestly, that's how you're going to cut down. That's how you're going to get the body of the cover model and all that other sort of thing. All the guys that I coach end up with that cover model body. Every single one of them. Interesting. And that's what we all, the 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 truth of the matter is, I want to look like Marky Mark when he used to do those commercials. Yeah. For the underwear. Yeah. That's what I want to look like. I don't want to look like uh, Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. Marky Mark was doing a hell of a lot of cardio, but the right way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've read a few articles about what he was doing back then. And yeah, he did a lot of road work. He had a boxing coach, the whole nine yards. Yeah. See, now that's another thing I like to do. I, I boxed when I was a kid. I, I, I can step up to a speed bag to this day uh-huh. and, and, and start with a good rhythm. I, I did it in California yeah. not too long ago, and I love hitting a heavy bag, too. Is a heavy bag considered yeah. cardio? Um, it, it wouldn't be necessarily, no, not cardio. That, that's going to be glycolytic work, and it's, and it's going to actually be uh, anaerobic threshold work. Um, but it's important stuff. And, uh I, I actually have a couple of protocols for, for doing exactly that, and uh, they are quite effective. Um, yeah, that, that, what well, that's more of, I'll tell you, really a little bit more of uh, dynamic core work, which is great. Interesting. But that's kind of another subject. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, let's go ahead and plug your websites again, please. Go ahead and give your websites to everybody who wants to reach out to you and uh, take advantage of yeah. uh, your services. Yeah, right Right now, um, the best website to uh, to come see what I'm doing is militarymultisport.com. You can always go to americandefense.us as well. That's defense spelled like the British do it with a C, uh, C-E at the end. And um, we're doing remote coaching right now. I've got a few slots left, so if you want to sign up, just uh, either sign up right there on the website at the remote coaching uh, area. You can't miss it. Or uh, send me an email at nmorrison at militarymultisport.com. Okay, so there you have it. And we will see. Now, what's next week? Is next week? Uh, no, no, we we are on the air next week. That's good. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know if we were, uh, if we were, we, I guess as we get closer to Christmas, that's when we're going to take off. Right, so, right. Okay. So yeah, we'll, you'll have to let me know. We'll have more uh, military fitness radio uh, for everybody next week. Nate, thanks for everything, brother. Thank you so much, Carl. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about keto and cancer. And you're going to say, but Carl, we've been talking about this forever, but you know there are still people out there that don't get it. And that's the shocking thing to me. So let's take a quick commercial break. And we will be right back with more Superhuman Radio. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs. Drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. If you followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenix Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted until my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenix Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenix Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenix banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenix Prime. I couldn't have done it without You've heard about turmeric, and you probably use it. It's one of the most talked-about health foods in America. Pure Indian Foods sources certified organic turmeric from small farmers in India. This limited-edition turmeric is standardized to contain high, naturally-occurring curcumin, which is the good stuff you want. 
It's also lab tested for heavy metals, which you want less of in your food. Psst, don't tell too many people about it. It's limited edition. Get yours today. Go to highcurcumintermeric.com today to learn more. Do you know how to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today. Dominate and get your, your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. This is the Superhuman Channel, where brawn and brains finally meet. Welcome back. This is interesting. We started out with just a radio show today, and now we're doing Facebook Live and a radio show. And I do it all by myself. So the picture I had up a little while ago on the Facebook Live, Clay Tisdale, who listens from California, said uh, he was shocked when he saw the rest in peace. He thought I actually died. Uh, But then he read on and realized that it was the fat me that died and the lean, muscular me that lived. And I'm very proud to say that Andrew Scarborough is watching all the way from the UK. And those of you know who Andrew is, he's been on the show because um, he used the ketogenic diet to reverse uh, his own, um, let me think, astrocytoma. Um, And so people are going to say, you know, Carl, haven't we talked about this? Dominic D'Agostino and uh, Angela Poff and uh, uh, Thomas Seafried. Yeah, but you know, people still don't get it. You would be astounded by the number of people who have cancer uh, or know someone that have, has cancer, and they have no idea that there is a dietary template that acts as a therapeutic aid to resolving and treating cancer. And so I applaud anyone who takes the time to write a book um, or, for that matter, get out and talk about it often enough for uh, people to hear more. And my next guest is just such a person, uh, Miriam Kalamian. I am pronouncing your name properly. Uh, is that correct? No. I'm sorry. I had your microphone off. <laughs> oh, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. For having so I think it's important before we talk about your book and what people can learn from it, why you even uh, took this journey that led to you writing this book, obviously. You wanted to shout it from the rooftops and let everybody know what you had had learned. Talk about your background, your story. Yeah, well, you know, I was living my life and, um, you know, my husband and I live in uh, western Montana. It's a pretty good place to live. And uh, But in 2004, uh, we learned that our four-year-old son had brain cancer. And 
I mean, that's devastating. It's devastating enough for anybody. But when you're thinking four years old, size of an orange, inoperable, and, you know, this is going to shorten his life. So the best we're going to do by engaging in, in uh, conventional care is kick the care down the road, uh, kick the can down the road. We didn't even know of anything else to do. And, and we were, we just got on board with the 14 months of weekly chemotherapy and that didn't touch it. And, uh, and then, you know, we moved to another 12 weeks of another chemotherapy and that didn't touch it. And then we had some very risky surgeries and, that reduced, reduced the bulk of the tumor, but it grew back. Uh, clinical trial, and it was then that we knew we were coming up against the, you know, the end of the line as far as conventional care. Once he failed that clinical trial, there was only palliative care left for him. So, yeah, and at that point, he had just turned seven years old. So, uh, you know, I wasn't looking for an anti-cancer diet. There wasn't even any information out there. I was researching drugs and I had found some information and I bookmarked the page. And when I went back, that was gone. And uh, Dr. Thomas Seafried, you know, you mentioned him. He's wonderful. Uh, his paper had just been released that day. I mean, I just caught it on the day of its release, and it was the calorie-restricted uh, ketogenic diet um, uh, in a mouse model of glioma and, and aggressive brain cancer. And yes, I'd already been, you know, told stay off the internet, and I'd already been told mouse wait, model wait, wait. Who, research. Who, who told know. you? To, who told you to stay off the internet? When my son was when when we learned about his uh, cancer, it was uh, December twenty fourth, two thousand and four dismissed from the hospital for the holiday, for the Christmas holiday. And, and as we're going out the door, the doctor says, don't look on the internet. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I looked on the internet Christmas day. And what do I see? My son doesn't have a chance in hell. That's what I see on the internet. That's why he told me to stay off the internet. So, yeah. So we find this, I find this research paper and I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have been as attracted to it except for one thing. And that was Dr. Seyfried was talking about uh, some research that had been done just a couple of lines reference in the in the mid nineties at Case Western. And it was a uh, eight week, a very simple eight week trial ketogenic diet in two children that had aggressive brain tumors who were palliative also. And so God did that catch my eye. And I emailed him and he so graciously emailed me back and sent me, started sending me all this, this uh, information, um, papers and, you know, and, and what little there was, which was Charlie Foundation at the time. Uh, and, you know, I got up to speed with it. I, I was in uh, Connecticut going through this clinical trial with my son. And my husband's back home in Montana and I'm talking to him on the phone and my husband's got a bullshit detector like you wouldn't believe. And I, and I just asked him to run it through his detector and he couldn't come up with any reason we shouldn't do it. And it's like, if you can't come up with a reason not to do it, and it's been done in children, not just for epilepsy for a hundred years, but it's been done in children with brain tumors, then what have we got to lose by giving it a try? We're at the end of our, end of our string anyway here. So what, what I find most interesting about all of this is that it appears to be mothers who are trying to save their children that are making some of the deepest inroads into this type of treatment. I think of um, – she's been on my show from Max Love Foundation, Andrea, yeah, Andrea. and her sure. husband. So what happens is uh, – and thank God for mothers. <laughs> you know, None of us and would be here fathers. without them. 
fathers. Jim Abrams was the one that found the research. No, no, no. And I, I get it. But, you, but it, 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 when a mother sees her child uh, in a situation where this child may die, they is going to die. They, 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 they leave no stone unturned. Um, because they want to save their child. I can see it's still a very emotional discussion for you as well. And, the, and, and when I look at the people that are making some of the greatest contributions to this discussion, it's mothers trying to save their children. I, I love it. I, I just think the phenomenon is just very, very interesting to me. Very interesting. Well, it, you know, there's nothing like it. They talk about the mama grizzly bear. Well, you know, your child is threatened and, you know, you're going to you are going to go to every length or at least I would hope that most people are going to go beyond what is offered to them in conventional yes, yes. care. If, if, you're, conventional if you're open minded, if you're open. You, so there's two things that have to occur. You know, I yesterday I talked about today's show and I talked about it in the context of another disease that is uh, has found great success in a dietary therapeutic approach uh, when I had. Um, Dr. Dale Bredesen on my show in 2013, no one knew about the research he was doing in Alzheimer's disease. And now he has a, I think it's a New York Times bestselling book called The End, End to Alzheimer's. And, yep. and the funny thing is that when you talk to people about this, they go the same way. And I'm sure you've heard this. Oh, come on. If that was true, wouldn't my doctor know about it? What, how could they? It's like you want to bang people on the head and say, don't you get it? It doesn't fit into their wheelhouse to talk about nutrition. It just doesn't. I have a slide in one of the presentations I do, and that's that's it. If there was evidence, it would be in my journal. And then I show like this this unreadable journal page, and it's like it is in their journals. It's just not even if to give any example in epilepsy, the ketogenic diet is evidence based. Okay, but if you're a parent and you go in and you say, "What about the ketogenic diet?" If you're not talking to a neurologist who's supportive of the diet, he's going to say, well, you know, just do this instead or just have the surgery instead or the diet's too difficult. Yes, that's, that's what they say. The di- I love that. The diet is too difficult. Oh, your child won't stay on it. Really? Yeah. And, and children drive on difficult. it. I know children who have been on the ketogenic diet for epilepsy long enough to where they don't have to be that way because it actually the, – the, the neuroplasticity of the young brain allows it to right. adapt and then you don't have to stay keto for the rest of your life. And I know right. children who have been on the ketogenic diet and their attitudes and moods have changed. They, they're less, less mood swings, easier to cope with. People don't realize how much of the issues of child rearing – have to do with the food that you're feeding your child. Yeah, and that goes across the board. I'm not, I want to be clear though, I wouldn't suggest ketogenic diet for every kid. I think paleo is a great diet for kids. Yes. But ketogenic diet is a therapeutic diet. We're looking at a really specific application here. Yes, yes. So now let's talk about your son. Tell, tell, your son's first name is? My son's name is was Rafi. Okay. And he was, uh, like I said, he was four years old. When, when we learned about his cancer, we think it was there since... It, you know, since his own development. Um, and, and so it was really infiltrated into all the, the tissue and that's what made it so difficult to consider operating, but also size of an orange. I mean, this thing was huge and had a life of its own. Right. And uh, kids adapt and adapt and adapt and adapt. And, and so we didn't know he was doing all this adapting until his, his vision went south and there were attitude things and, you know, behavior things, but 
you know, that could have been attributed to any number of, of issues, but not the not the vision. That's how we discovered what was going on. So when you put him on the ketogenic diet, uh, what happened? What did you see? What changes occurred? Oh. First, I want to tell I, I I really want to tell you what happened because I'm all into the advocacy of it right. and how we had to stand up for this. So, after finding out this information, gathering this information, doing our doing our homework, I feel I need to discuss it with the the lead investigator of the clinical trial he was in. So I bring this information to him, and he like rolls his eyes and he tells me flat out like unconditional diet isn't going to uh, you know work here. And then to add to, to this, he, get, he gets on the phone with his high-powered buddy at another institution and gets him to tell me Atkins diet is for fat people and we should stick to the plan, which is ludicrous because Atkins. what did they offer us for a plan? Palliative chemotherapy. Right. So, I mean, it was crazy. So, I, you know, there was nobody that was willing to help us in 2007. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, too much of a liability for, for uh, cancer. But his local oncologist back here in Mon- Montana and his pediatrician here in town said they would they would medically monitor for this. So we went ahead with a trial. We used the diet for epilepsy. So, you know, dotted all my I's, crossed all my T's or so I thought. That's another story. So uh, and and three months later, his tumor had stopped growing. It, it actually shrunk back from the tumor margins. I wasn't expecting this. I was hoping it would slow down. I was hoping we'd get something extra, but it stopped it in its tracks and it shrank back. And then, and that just blew me away. And I, and that's the point I I figured, yeah, I don't really understand this. I don't understand how this worked. I don't understand the science. I wanted to learn more. So that's when I went back to, uh, to school and got a degree in nutrition. And, uh, and that was really important to me to get that solid background. When, when the tumor started to not only uh, stop progressing, but actually started to regress, what did the, the physician say that you had originally worked with that said, you know, Atkins is for fat people? Okay. So one doctor said that it was the result of the radiation, the uh, pseudo progression um, uh, changes in radiation. And I went, well, he didn't have any radiation. So let's rule that one out. So another doctor, another the, the oncologist in the clinical trial said it was a late effect of the clinical trial. And, you know, this is the same guy Shame that had told them. me flat out this wasn't going to work. Right. And now he's trying to attribute it to something else. And the fact that it that it held for way longer than this palliative chemotherapy was expected to hold, which was if there was any response at all, 18 months. Well, my son got six years. We kicked the can down the road six years with diet. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, it is amazing. I want to I, I take a break. And when we come back, I want to pick it up and start talking about the book itself and what people can learn. Because there's a lot of people out there who probably are going, okay, I'm willing to try it. Where do I start? So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick commercial break. You're listening to okay. Superhuman Radio. We'll be right back. And you can get this book yourself. We'll tell you how in just a moment. Stay tuned. There are a few 
products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. If you've followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenix Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenix Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kigenix Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kigenix banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kigenix Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. U.S. Wellness Meats is the leader in home-delivered, high-quality animal protein. Grass-fed beef, lamb, bison, and dairy. Plus, wild-caught seafood, heritage pork, and free-range poultry. Everything delivered right to your door within days of your order. There is no one better to supply you and your family with the highest quality pastured meat product and dairy than U.S. Wellness Meats. Save 15% off when you use the coupon code SHR. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the U.S. Wellness Meats banner ad today. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenidrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenidrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenidrex, the world's world's absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Do you know how to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready.
Welcome back to Superhuman Radio. We're talking to Miriam Kalnian, and uh, we're talking about her new book, Kettle for Cancer. And, and, and the title is perfect. It's simple. Uh, anybody who looks at that would go, gee, what is this about? Um, not enough people realize that there is a therapeutic approach. Uh, and, and we're not saying it's going to cure all cancers. I want to be clear about something. Cancer is, a, is an evolutionarily advanced cell type. It will do everything it needs to do to survive. In fact, I predict that the more keto is employed uh, to manage uh, different types of cancer cell lines, they will adapt over time. I, I, I had the same exact discussion with uh, Dominic D'Agostino on the show. Uh, but in the meantime, we can leverage it. Uh, so uh, when did you uh, publish this book, first of all? Oh, it's... Uh it's only this this version of it has only been out since the middle of October. Okay. And where can people get it before we start discussing what the book is about? They can get it uh through their local bookstore or through Amazon. Okay. So what does the book do for the person who is a complete neophyte? I've never heard of keto before. I've just been diagnosed with the glioblastoma. I've heard that uh brain tumors lend themselves uh, to this type of approach specifically because you don't get as much pushback uh, from the uh, uh, medical community because, A, uh, most radiation, ionizing radiations actually make the tumor go grow faster and, and chemotherapy doesn't get to the brain. So they kind of throw their hands up and go, well, this is one we're not going to lose uh, anyway. I mean, we're not going to win anyway. So go ahead. go If you want to do snake oil, go ahead and do it. What, the, what exactly will someone get from the book if they're, they, they know nothing about this? Okay. One of the really important things they're going to get out of the book is the advocacy. So, uh, you know, we, we had to go through that ourselves with our son. And, uh, and it, was, it, was, it was just overwhelming to come up against this wall of experts, supposed experts who are telling you that what you're doing isn't going to work or you're going to, you know, you're going to nutritionally compromise your kid in some way or whatever. And, and to be able to stand firm in that, to be able to sit in that doctor's office as he told me that flat out that this wasn't going to work. And then he had me sign off. I forget exactly what that paper is right. called, but it was like right. I had to sign off that I was refusing the care that he was offering. Yes. Uh, offering. And, and that, and that, and that, uh, and that, that is, process is that's a high pressure tactic. We all know oh, that God. that's a high pressure tactic. That's a tactic actually used by a lot of different sales organizations too. It's like, okay, we warned you now you're taking this and we don't want to be responsible for when things go wrong. It's right. terrible. And actually he made that statement. He said, I'll see you in a few months. Um, and, and well, <laughs> didn't happen, but uh, yeah, so the book, it has the advocacy component, which I think is really important because we don't yet have a good support network. We have these online groups that are a little bit fragmented, um, for support, but you're not going to find the support in the medical oncology world. And then the other part of the, uh, another part of the book is the, the, just the nuts and bolts of how to do the diet. And there's a lot of nuances for cancer that, um, that I've learned and I've put into the book and people can look at that and go, you know, yes to this one, no to that one. It's just, you know, just more information. It's more resources. And then there's the science. 
Because if you're going to go and, and, and start a diet like this, you don't need to have the science to do the diet. I want to make that clear. You don't need to understand the science to do it. But if you're at a point in your, in your life that, or in your study of ketogenic that you want to understand why this is working in cancer, that's what I put in, in the book too. So I've wrapped it all up. It's into one package. It works for practitioners who want to learn more. That's what uh, I was they're going to be at the higher this, level this, this, and they're going to understand the science. Doctors need to be reading this book. But more importantly, I I like the idea of the juxtaposed uh, strength to be your own advocate and the science because when you're talking to your doctor, now I want to say something. I've been talking about pushing back against doctors for 12 years. Doctors, bakers, mechanics, no one is endowed by God with any kind of special talent that they are, you know, they're going to be good at this. So you have bad mechanics, you have bad bakers, and you have bad doctors. And quite frankly, it's our job to tell our doctor, I don't agree with you. I'd like some more information. If they get upset with you, fire that person because they are now <laughs> planning on taking the role of God. They know everything and they don't know everything. Oh, we fired a bunch of doctors along the way. We fired the ones that were not supportive of us. That, well, at that, least open-minded. At yeah. least, but, but with your book, you can say to the doctor, well, look at this research here. Go look it up. Read it for yourself. Tell me what's wrong with this. But you know who that's going to benefit? That's going to benefit the person with cancer because the doctor's not going to read it. The doctor may, may not even take that book. I have I have a client that just bought three copies to bring to her different doctors. And I'm thinking, you know, well, that's a nice gesture. And that's, you know, it's important for her to have them have these copies. But what really matters is that when your doctor says diet doesn't matter, instead of being crushed by that, that you go, oh, diet doesn't matter, obviously he or she doesn't get it. No. So if diet doesn't matter, that's my green light. I can go ahead and I can do ketogenic because there's nothing to stop me. And that's where we came to, Carl, was there was no medical or nutritional objection in either the, the you know, that uh, clinical trial doctor or his high-powered buddy. They didn't have any objection to it. It was their opinions that they were stating. And what is their opinion worth to me when their path is put this kid in the hospital and just treat him till he's dead. Right. So you know, it's like, it, I just want people to understand that. Yes, you need to run this by your doctor. You need to talk to him about it. There may be a legitimate concern somewhere. Right. If you're really low weight, this isn't a weight gain diet. So you right. know, what are you going to do if you're really low? Well, weight? And that, 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 it, it can be a weight gain diet if you're not doing it for cancer, because if you're doing it for cancer, right. you have to be, you have to be Good under point. your calories. You have to be, yeah. because if you pile on the fat on the dish and you're eating above your REE plus whatever your activity is that day, you will put on body fat. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be no, in a hypocaloric uh, state when it's cancer. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't be hypocaloric, and I want to make this point, because some people who are low weight think they, that they can't approach this through diet, um, we have some fasting options. And I don't mean long fast. That's not appropriate. God, uh, Steve Finney. Uh, just put out a, and Jeff Bullock just put out a post on Verda on on some of the dangers of fasting, and I really believe that it's it's appropriate in some places and not in others. But what we can do for fasting is that daily intermittent fasting. In the research, they call it restricted feeding, but it's where you narrow down the eating window and then uh, and you keep that long time from dinner until 
sometime like like you said it's what you do it's what i do i don't do it to the degree i do about 14 hours um today it'll, it'll be a little more because i wasn't about to eat before sitting down to talk with you uh so it, you know it, that is another strategy even though you you're taking in enough calories to maintain your weight or even gain a little where your that fasting period is pressuring cancer as well and short term fasting around chemotherapy incredibly powerful so Daniel Orego uh, writes that you also point out the use of uh, metformin, exogenous ketones, and some other therapies. Um, could you talk about that a little bit? I will, because that's one thing that really separates me. I, I couldn't really put a lot of that into the book, but it's what separates how I work with individuals from uh, from the uh, bulk of people out there who are working uh, with ketogenic diet and cancer, I am willing to go that extra to that extra place that puts me in danger actually of you know uh, of having somebody come after me on this is that I will talk about metabolic therapies. You've got these combinations, and we're not going to get to cancer management long term with single strategies. Like you said, Clever's pretty cancer. Uh, cancer is pretty clever, can work around a lot of things. Uh, but if you keep hitting it with these different metabolic therapies in combination, I think we can get some long-term management that kicking the can down the road. So yeah, there's one um, protocol. It's called Care Oncology. Travis Christofferson has, has got a program going in South Dakota that supports this. Metformin, a statin drug, um, an antiparasitic drug that you could give babies called mebendazole. And cycling it with an antibiotic uh, called doxycycline that doesn't, and that one doesn't kill your uh, your good bacteria, right. um, doesn't impact it the same way. So putting those in combination um, are appearing, and they're about to publish some results on that, are, are appearing to have as much of an impact on some of these cancers as the really toxic uh, chemotherapies. Uh, so we just got to find better ways to get, you know, better outcomes. We've got to find non-toxic ways to get to these outcomes instead of just hitting it with, um, with you know, I, I, what I think we can do actually is back off on some of the toxic stuff, combine it with some of this other stuff and make a much more therapeutic protocol. What, what specifically is 3-bromopyruvate uh, combined with capsaicin, which I know is pepper, and EC, or EGCG? Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, that's I, I can talk about it a little bit, and I'm glad to say that, uh, happy to say that it's going to come to market pretty soon, but that's not um, that's not a part of what I want to communicate to people. They can go online and get that information about 3BP, okay. Pete Peterson and Young Co., uh, and, and look at what's going on at Dayspring in Arizona. Um, but uh, the, the metabolic therapies that uh, that I that are out there right now that can be used right now um, are things like hyperthermia. That's a metabolic therapy. Right. Okay. Hyperbaric oxygen. If you talk to Dom, you know, you know, in Angela, that's that, you know, that's, yeah. that's one thing they've been looking at is hyperbaric oxygen therapy in conjunction with a ketone supplement, because the science, again, you got to, it's like the deep dive on all of this stuff because the hyperbaric oxygen used for cancer shows no effect at all. There's multiple studies that Unless show no, there's no effect. There's a few studies that show some effect. But when you combine it with ketone supplementation, in the case of the research at USF, right. Uni right. University of South Florida, it was uh, um, 
uh, is a, it was a ketone supplement that's not even available on the market right now. Um, will be, but not right now. So they combine ketogenic diet, um, ketone supplement, hyperbaric oxygen in a mouse model of metastatic disease. Um, so that's cancer that's spread body wide. Um, and they ran a mouse model through this. And, uh, and the, mouse, the mouse that had all three of those therapies, the mice, the group that had all three of those therapies lived a lot longer than on average, than, significantly longer than the mice in the other groups. So, yes, mouse model research, but that's where we have to start. Yeah, yeah. And, and people that I find that people that are doing combination therapies are living a lot longer with better quality of life on average. And the ones that aren't living longer, that's what we need to look at, too. What is it that why didn't this work for them? Why didn't this combination approach or even ketogenic? Why, you know, why didn't it work from them for day one? And Tom Seafried. He says it's the glutamine. And and when you look at what's going on in cancer, you are looking at, and I talk about it in my book too, I talk about glutamine. And um, and it's very well known that there are some cancers that are more glutamine avid right. than, than glucose avid. But, uh, and we can address those somewhat through diet. But uh, it, again, it's the whole package of keeping carbs so low that you're in a ketogenic state to start with. And then limiting the amount of protein so that you're not stimulate, stimulating the growth pathways right. that are upregulating right. cancer. And then providing enough uh, dietary fat um, to keep any weight loss that's going on kind of slow and sustainable over time. So it's a whole package of things. And I use um, that daily intermittent fasting, short-term fasting around chemotherapy as aids in that too. And if somebody can start with a short fast, you know, that a lot of times in cancer, they want to do that because they want to take back some control. But really, it's better to get into ketosis first right. and then do the fast. It's, it spares muscle mass. There's, an, you know, there's a right. lot of uh, evidence that uh, somebody who goes into it from a ketogenic diet is, is only using a fraction of muscle mass to sustain uh, compared to somebody who goes into it from a standard diet. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, there's all kinds of it, 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 that that whole thing is just going to grow over time. Of we're going to have a smorgasbord like they have for Alzheimer's. We're going to have a smorgasbord of things that work, including certain supplements. I think are 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 key to all of this too. And it may be different for this person with a glioblastoma and this person with a glioblastoma because their mutations are going to be different. I, I want to before we go into this next break. I want to uh, touch on something you said, and that's hyperthermia therapy. Dr. Robert Gorder. Uh, used to teach at UCLA. Uh-huh. He used to use hyperthermia therapy in conjunction with dendrite therapy. And he was reversing very aggressive uh, pancreatic cancers. Uh, he was doing it very successfully. So early research, they were actually infecting a person with a pathogen that would make them develop a fever. But they found they had a hard time controlling the fever then. Right. So then they started doing what he called, you know, like the fast food heat lamp things where they put people in these uh, these chambers where they would raise their core body temperature. Uh, and then they would they would take blood, spin their dendrites out of it and inject it directly into the tumors and the tumors were going away. Well, the FDA banned him from doing it. Mm-hmm. So in, and he and I communicated a lot, especially when I first started doing the show. So he moved to Cologne, Germany, 
And he started working with the Cologne Model Cancer Institute. Well, today it's called the Cologne Gorder Cancer Institute because he's had such great success using hyperthermia therapy to obliterate a variety of very, very aggressive cancers. No one does that in the United States. Just raising the core body temperature. There's, there's, yes, I understand. I understand what you're saying there. And it is a shame that we have to go outside of the, the country to look for these therapies. There's another type of hypothermia, though, hyperthermia that can be done in the United States. And that is, um, it's more of a localized hypothermia. And there's a, there's a certain equipment that can be used. There's a couple of uh, people in the, in the U.S. that I know of that um, are using this therapy. Um, and then, uh, but also there's a, a, a clinic in, in Istanbul, Turkey, that's combining some metabolic therapies and using insulin potentiated low dose chemotherapy. So th- there's all these projects in different places. And eventually this will pull together. But people with cancer don't have the luxury. The, they, they have it now. They don't have the luxury of time right. to be waiting for this, for the, for the U.S. to finally like, right. come into this. But the problem is access. So you find a doctor, even in the U.S., that does some of these therapies, and you run up against the, the financial burden of doing this out of pocket. Now, there is um, Dawn LeMann. She's in uh, Ashford, Oregon, and she's an MD, and, and she has a clinic there in, in Oregon. And so the, she does some conventional stuff along with some of this other metabolic therapy. So... Uh, so a lot of what she does is, is, and a lot of the monitoring that she does is covered by traditional health coverage. Wow, health, health that's impressive. And I know it is very impressive. And it's going to be more people like Dawn over time. Um, you know, mostly what we see is, uh, you know, people in the nat. We see a lot of naturopathic um, uh, doctors as integrative oncologists, um, but their services aren't, aren't their, their blood work might be covered, but, uh, uh, most of their services, uh, like consultation services aren't covered. And it becomes, again, it's a, it's another one of those obstacles in the way yes. of access. And so if you could take some cheap drugs like metformin and mebendazole and a few of these other therapies, um, and, you know, combine them with a few other things, that like like a high, like a high fat diet. <laughs> I mean, you know, the ketogenic exactly. diet is probably the simplest diet to be on if you understand, you know, one to one, two to one, three to one, four to one fat to combine protein carbohydrates. It's easy for anybody to figure that out, and it's easy to take to take an average meal and make it keto by adding fat to it, healthy fat. I mean, it just yeah. it just makes such sense. Um, I, I just I called a different mix of familiar foods. But but it, there's a limit to what you can do there for especially for brain cancer. You got to keep it really low. So like right. you can, there, there's no way you can take a food like a sweet potato. And, yeah, right. Or lasagna. Um, and, you know, you can't do and it. Work right. it into, you can work it into a low carb diet. And you can work it into, you know, if somebody needs to do a little weight gain, maybe you can work that into it carefully. But uh, for a ketogenic diet for cancer, it, it's it's, uh, you know, there's it, like I said, there's nuances to doing it. All right. We're going to take our last commercial break. The book is called Keto for Cancer. It's available wherever fine books are sold. You can also go online and buy it at Amazon.com. If you know someone who's struggling with cancer, recently diagnosed or you yourself, you owe it to yourself to open up your eyes, broaden your horizons, and learn about what this diet could do uh, for your outcome. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. 
how to properly use carbohydrates to ignite your performance in the field and in the gym? You will now, thanks to this free book by EFX Sports. The Carb User's Guide for Maximum Performance reveals why omitting carbohydrates from your diet can totally crush your gains. Ever wonder how many grams you need for your specific sport? Not anymore. We give you the critical number you need to dominate your competition. You'll even discover the super carb that's taking the athletic world by storm. You must try it to believe it. Go to getcarbolin.com forward slash carb guide today and get your copy absolutely free. Once again, it's G-E-T-K-A-R-B-O-L-Y-N.com forward slash C-A-R-B-G-U-I-D-E. U.S. Wellness Meets is the leader in home-delivered, high-quality animal protein. Grass-fed beef, lamb, bison, and dairy. Plus, wild-caught seafood, heritage pork, and free-range poultry. Everything delivered right to your door within days of your order. There is no one better to supply you and your family with the highest-quality pastured meat product and dairy than U.S. Wellness Meats. Save 15% off when you use the coupon code SHR. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the U.S. Wellness Meats banner ad today. You've heard about turmeric and you probably use it it's one of the most talked about health foods in america pure indian foods sources certified organic turmeric from small farmers in india this limited edition turmeric is standardized to contain high naturally occurring curcumin which is the good stuff you want it's also lab tested for heavy metals which you want less of in your food Don't tell too many people about it. It's limited edition. Get yours today. Go to highcurcumenturmeric.com today to learn more. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrantil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why Atrantil works while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found Atrantil relieve their symptoms. And it's available without a prescription because Atrantil is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic. Plus, it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L, Atrontil. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. Anabolicminds.com is the premier website for credible information on building muscle, burning fat, supplementation, and more. With over 100,000 active registered members and over 2.5 million posts, it's one of the largest communities on the Internet to get help and answers to your questions. It's also the place that the official Superhuman Radio Forum is hosted. Visit AnabolicMinds.com today and get into the action. AnabolicMinds.com. Learn. Teach. Lead. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansey eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansey eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world.
Welcome back. We're talking with Miriam Kalmian today about her book, Keto for Cancer. And it really is a book that people need to know about. More people need to know about the effects of uh, the ketogenic diet or ketogenic diet, however you want to say it, on uh, cancer. The fact that some antibiotics and antimicrobials are working, what are we learning about um, the microbiome and its contribution maybe to endotoxins that stimulate the growth or progression of cancers? Is there anything there at this point in time? You know, that I, I haven't done a deep dive into that. Um, the, the research on that is just really kind of getting started. Um, there's been a couple of papers recently that people can access if, if they're doing a search for them. Um, but, it, you know, it, there's a difference in what the microbiome is going to look like in somebody who's ketogenic um, than not. And even two people eating the same exact uh, foods their microbiomes are going to be different. And and we had a whole conference on microbiome and, and, and researcher after doctor after whatever kept saying, you know, we do, we're just speculating right now. We don't have all the information. Um, and I think that's going to play into the whole brain health. Also, the microbiome is going to play big into that. Um, I, and I, I want to say something before we, we get back to, uh, you know, to the rest of this, um, that people that want to learn more can, can go to my website, dietarytherapies.com. And there's excerpts from the book there. And there's also in, in some uh, just incredible resources. I have a food list there. Um, and I, I have links to videos and, and I'm, I'm trying to put more on every day. Uh, Tom Seafree just did one at the American College of Nutrition that I'm going to be uploading onto my site, but people can also find it through a YouTube search. So there's a lot more. I mean, we had just so little. We had back in 2007, I, I had the, the new book from Johns Hopkins. It was like the updated version. I had the Charlie Foundation. I had the papers that Tom Seafried had sent me. And that's how we did this diet. So, um, it, you know, there's just so many more resources. And, and my book is a huge step in that direction because it can also help practitioners the, the material that's been out there before hasn't hasn't really brought uh, practitioners, coaches, n- nutritionists to a point where they feel comfortable dipping their toes in that in that uh, you know ocean of uh, um, uh, cancer. I mean, it's a, just a huge ocean, and it's a it's a hard thing to get started in. But my book is a real big step in the right direction. Also, I'm going to be doing a um, uh, part of I'm going to be presenting at West Palm Beach, Low Carb USA. If people go there, and I'm going to spend a whole day just talking to people at, ahead of the conference, no charge, and just meeting with people, practitioners that want half a day with them and half a day with people with cancer. We're just going to sit around outside, soaking up the sun, and talking about keto for cancer. One of the things that I worry about is there has become a, a cottage industry uh, within the keto community. Um, most of it is weight loss related. But it, it's actually damaging credibility of the diet. Now, I'm not saying it's damaging credibility of the diet and its therapeutic use in cancer. But it, whenever you get zealots who stick to a diet, regardless of whether or not it's good for them, and you can see right. it's not good for them because you have women on the Internet going, um, I've been on keto for six months. I stopped losing weight. My hair's falling out. I'm lethargic. And, 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 and instead of someone sensibly saying to them, get off the keto diet, they go, oh, well, you're not eating enough fat. Uh, I actually saw on a particular very popular uh, keto guru's Facebook page 
where this woman was saying that since she's been on the ketogenic diet, she's become very depressed. They were actually suggesting that she consider getting on SSRIs. And I'm thinking to myself, no, the logical thing is to tell this person not to do keto any longer. Maybe they've been on too long or maybe they're just not. Or they're just they're not, they haven't optimized the diet. It needs to be a well-formulated ketogenic diet. And there are some people that this isn't going to work for. But if you're, if you're feeling crappy and your hair's falling out and you've been trying this for six months, either get some help. Or get off the diet. Well, now, and no, I will say, I will say this: if you have a brain tumor, and the brain tumor is shrinking, but you feel crappy, and you're losing your hair, that's that's the trade-off for staying alive. But if you are well, not, the, the hair loss could be something else you're doing too, like chemo or radiation. So, I mean, when people tell me that their glucose is high and they're like in their sixth week of radiation, of course your glucose is going to be high. It's not going to be as high as it was if you weren't doing ketogenic diet, but it's still going to be high because you're you're killing brain you're killing brain cells, right. and there's a consequence to that in the body. Right. So, you know, you're getting radiation for for cancer, and there's a consequence. Inflammation is going to go up, and you, and with it, up goes the glucose. It's a normal reaction. So that's again, that's about the nuances. People need to know what to expect when they're doing this for cancer, right. um, as as opposed to doing it for some other reason. Yeah. Um, do you have any upcoming speaking engagements or anything like that? Book signings, anything like that coming up? Uh, the West Palm Beach is is that's the one that's most immediate. That's coming up in the middle of January. That's I'll be. I'll be talking to the individuals, like I said to you, on the 18th, and then the conference is 19th, 20th, and 21st, and you go to lowcarbusa.org. Um, so th- that's the prime one I want to talk about right now. And, you know, I'm doing a number of shows. You know, thankfully, I'm doing this one with you. Uh, and this is all helping to get the, the word out. There's been an incredible response to this. And what I love is I've been getting more practitioners talking to me, too. And, you know, there is a, um, a certification program that's in the works through the American Nutrition Association and uh, and you know that I've worked on those materials. I'm starting to work with a, a fellow on Parkinson's on modifications that would include ketogenic supplements mm-hmm. for low carb or ketogenic with Parkinson's. Um, and of course, like you, like you mentioned, Dale Bredesen is out there with uh, with modifying your diet. And I want to mention my friend Georgie Ede, um, diagnosis diet. Uh, her blog, uh, excellent on Alzheimer's. So if people are interested in that um, uh, application, that she she is a psychiatrist at Smith that works with college students. She's and and she's like, please listen to what I'm saying. This starts decades before you can actually see a symptom of Alzheimer's, and uh, and and we should all be thinking about modifying our diet by the time we're middle middle age, you know. And I do want to say that fountain of that minefield of misinformation that's out there on the internet like you like you brought up those forums and and blogs and i i I, if i were to do in the beginning i have to say when there were fewer of them i did answer i did try to help on some of these and now i just i stay away from them because they're crazy making there's there's just so much bad stuff out there so find the good sources you know, follow the right people. And you've, you've mentioned them. You know, Tom Seafried, Dominic D'Agostino, Angela Poth. What I'm doing, if you're interested in, um, in Alzheimer's, you look to Georgia Eade and see what she's got out there. Right. So, um, and she's speaking at West Palm Beach as well. Cool. So, you know, there's a, there's, there are resources now that weren't available 10 years ago. 
So we will get there. There will be this, uh, you know, this grassroots movement that brings us to the tipping point. Social media, podcasts, you know, live, live things. I would love to speak. You know, people just have to ask me places and, and I'm willing to do this. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think you kind of figured out what I'm driven by. This is my son's legacy. He right. only lived to 13. Right. Right. That's not enough time to build a legacy of your own. Right. So I'm building it for him. I think it's wonderful. I really do. And I want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the show today. It's an important message. We can't ring this bell often enough. There are so many people still living in the dark about how this diet can help them. And thank you very much for taking the time to write this book. Thank you. Thank you, really. All right. And we are going to uh, end the show here and say uh, thank you to uh, um, Nate Morrison for the uh, first hour military fitness radio. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, people know to uh, check out his uh, website, American Defense, and that's defense with a C dot U.S. And uh, tomorrow's Friday, which means I'm off. Uh, but I've got lots to do here at the studio. We'll see you right on Monday. We have a bunch of great shows planned for next week. Uh, see you right then. Thank you for listening today.